On this week's dose, we have Anouk Gottlieb, CEO and Chief Belgian Girl of Belgian Boys, the company on a mission to turn up the happy one sweet moment at a time. Anouk had an awesome journey to becoming CEO of Belgian Boys. Her background is actually in fashion and design, and her entrepreneurial journey all started when she flew to New York City for a fashion internship. On that flight, she struck up a conversation with a guy named Greg. And fast forward to now, Anouk and Greg are not only co-founders, but they are husband and wife. <laughs> Which just goes to show you should always talk to the people next to you on the yeah. flight. You never know what may come from it. In the interview, you'll hear more about Belgian Boy's mission to spread joy, as well as Anouk's favorite product, which also just so happens to be their bestseller. From there, we dive more into the business and what it's been like bootstrapping in the CPG space and navigating the unforgiving world of retail. We also hear about their efforts to create a brand new category in the U.S. in the refrigerated aisle for breakfast foods. And we wrap up this week's dose with a short discussion on the company's investors and specifically Daniel Lubetsky, the founder of Kind, as well as what she looks for in an investor and then a little bit of advice for the pilgrims looking to start a business someday. A truly great interview. Also, a surprise announcement in there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure hosting Anouk on this week's Dose. We hope this conversation sweetens up everyone's day as much as it mm -hmm. did for us. And without further ado, here's the interview with Anouk. This is VenturePill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, on this week's dose, we welcome on Anouk Gottlieb, CEO and Chief Belgian Girl of Belgian Boys, the company on a mission to turn up the happy one sweet moment at a time. And I think Brandon and I can both get behind that mission. Yep. That is awesome. So this interview is going to be filled with joy. Anouk, welcome on. Thanks for coming and joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. We're really excited to hear about your story and, and share the story of Belgian boys and, and that mission helps spread the word. I guess if you could start, just tell us a little bit more about your career before starting Belgian boys. Did you know like deep down all along that you'd become an entrepreneur eventually? No, no idea. A really long story short, I was someone's plus one on this journey, but mm. my background uh, is fashion design. I'm originally mm. from Belgium, Antwerp, Belgium. It's a city in Belgium, one of the largest cities in Belgium, but it, compared to American cities, it's, it's quite small, right? Um, and you hear it from my accent. I'm not from the U.S. And I came to the U.S., really to New York, for a fashion internship because fashion New York it was like ah, I was 21 I was so excited <laughs> New York City um, that's what I learned I was sketching I was sewing I was designing uh, creativity that's really been my passion um, all along and um, on that flight from Belgium to New York that's where I actually met Greg who's my 
co-founder, my husband, um, <laughs> and uh, really that that's that's my background. So totally not from this industry. And uh, Greg was having this idea, and uh, I love this idea. And I said to Greg, "Well, Greg, you gotta make clothes for the waffles and the pancakes. It's gotta look good. <laughs> yeah. People will actually want to take it off the shelf." and buy it before they taste it. And that, that's how the fashion came, came into the world of, uh, of food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can definitely see your influence on the packaging and even just the website for Belgian Boys. It's all beautifully done. Um, and so you, you mentioned it there. would love to hear a little bit more about what it's been like working with and building this company together with Greg, your husband. Wow. Um, you know, I get that question. It's like, how do you work with your husband and all of that, you know? <laughs> It's it's a roller coaster, right? And you work with your husband, and to be honest, there are a lot of like, ah, we want to kill each other. <laughs> but but you, we learned, right? We learned how to communicate. We learned how to talk. We we reached in the pandemic a point where it was like not possible, and something clicked. We started working with a mindfulness coach, both of us, hmm. and we really understood the basic principle. You know what? Out of everyone in the world, every person in the world, the one person I trust the most is Greg. And the one person he trusts the most is me. And once you understand that, you're able just to grow and flourish from there because whatever decision he made or I made, we might not agree with the decision. We might not agree with the thinking or we would have taken another, I would have taken a totally different approach to a situation, but I know that his intentions are right. Our goals in life and our goals in business are aligned. And I say, I get to work with my husband. Like I get to do the thing that I love every single day with my husband and it's our journey. And, you know, success for me and for Greg is, I want to enjoy what I do. I want to have a joyful journey and have fun with it and enjoy. And getting to do that with your spouse is, is for me and, and for him just, just the best, right? I mean, it's also, we balance each other off. He, you know, when in the beginning it was like, we were doing everything together and, and writing emails together. Like we, over the years, have found what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and we're very able to, okay, this is clearly your, your name. This is where you excel. You go there and I go here. And Greg manages everything that's innovation, supplier relationship, the product, everything you taste, Greg's soul went into that. Mm -hmm. And everything more front of the business um, that's, face of the brand for the, the, the retailers, investor relationship, team building, um, P&Ls, all of that, that's more me, which is interesting because Greg has a business background and I have a creative background. So it's kind of like we switch places, <laughs> yeah. but I think it also gives us a perspective to view each other's work in a very critical ma manner and being okay when we get that sometimes hard conversation, right? Um, and he's my rock. He's my rock on hard days and I'm his. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a great partnership. And, and we can really feel, even through this video call, your sense of passion 
and the joy that you guys share. We also know that clearly that is uh, part of the company's DNA. Tell us a little bit more about the mission and, and the business motto. I'll just name a couple of taglines we saw. Turn up the happy, being in the business of fun, spreading sweetness. That all sounds amazing. What <laughs> what does that mean, though? Like, yes. it's, it's enough to be a, a tagline, but what does that mean to you and everyone at the company? Yes, I mean, our mission is to spark moments of joy for our consumers and for everyone that touches our brand. That is something that when, you know, we all die in a hundred years, that is still something that lives beyond us. That is something that everyone in the company from the CFO to the graphic designer can all align on. And in this crazy world, like life's hard, right? There's so much stress, anxiety, wars, this, that, like what we have for breakfast, a waffle, like that should spark joy on people's faces, right? And that, that's what's bringing me joy. When I hear from our consumers saying, you made that morning so much easier. I didn't have to fight with my toddler. And they left the house with a smile. I mean, think about it. That morning, especially for parents, we have a four and a six-year-old boy. Like, the mornings are stressful. It's like, <laughs> I need to get dressed. They need to get dressed. Where is the homework? Oh my God, I don't want to wear this t-shirt. Wear that t-shirt. It's like, oh gosh. And it's only that first hour of the day, the amount of things that you do out of habit, what we have for breakfast, it's not something we're going to argue about. It needs to make you full so that you can have, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It needs to fill that. It needs to be quick, easy, convenient. And it needs to make you as a kid and me as a parent smile and bedroom boys really delivers on that. And that's really what brings me joy. And it comes through to all our, our branding and everything we do from the experience we give to the consumer to how we show up on the shelf and how we show up on their life. And yes, our brand is pink today. I'm wearing black, but I usually wear pink because <laughs> it does. It makes me smile, whether it's scientifically true or not for me, it makes me smile. And, <laughs> I, I really believe and genuinely believe that our cons it, it gives that emotion to our consumer as well. Yeah, we love that. And, you know, honestly, the, the world could always use a little joy. And it, it seems like y'all are delivering on that, which is awesome. Yes. With that, would love to hear what some of your personal favorite products are and also what the most popular bestsellers are with Belgian Boys. Yeah, so our best seller is also my favorite product, um, mm -hmm. is our mini pancakes, our bite-sized pancakes. They are just yummy, fluffy. It's, it's like a bite-sized pancakes. You just put it in the microwave and eat it. That's, mm -hmm. that's what you have to do with it. It's so, not only it's like tastes good, that it, it tastes just like you made it homemade. It's ready-made. What goes in a pancake? You know, eggs. Uh, wheat, flour, uh, sugar, like that's what's in our pancakes and without the mess. Cause I mean, if you think pancakes, you think like there's like four bowls in my kitchen. <laughs> there are, there's a whip, there's eggshells. It's a mess. We got to clean the whole kitchen. Like I'm never doing that unless my, my, my in-laws are coming and I need to perform <laughs> a brunch here. Right. Like we solve for that. Like just put it in the microwave. No one's going to know. And it tastes phenomenal and everyone's going to be happy. And the mini pancakes are just that. I also love to just put them in my kids' lunch boxes. So they eat them um, at lunch, just a little snack. And um, 
I snack on it. It's, it's <laughs> really amazing tasting product. Yeah. Well, we're excited to try it. Yeah, we haven't tried it yet, but we will soon. Yeah, yes, go. I have sweetness on the way to you. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. <laughs> getting, getting hungry hearing you just talk about the mini pancakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, we yeah, we had to dive into the product itself as soon as we could because we're hungry. But <laughs> we're also hungry to know about the business side. So let's dive into that. We want to hear a little bit more about what the growth journey has been like starting out bootstrapped and now also navigating the tough world of retail. Tell us about that. Yes. I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea what we were building when we started out, right? Like, oh, this is a cool concept. We're going to bring the products that we grew up with in Europe to the U.S. And that idea originated because when Greg went to college here in the U.S., he's also from Belgium, he was just bringing those products for himself to enjoy as an expat and his American friends in the dorms were like, Oh my God, Greg, this is so good. Where can I buy it? <laughs> and it just wasn't available. So he's like, I'll bring it. And me with my fashion design, I'll design it. Okay. And like, then you, you see us like literally in New York city going from bodega to store and trying to sell our product. I had no idea what CPG even stood for. Right? Like, it's, it's not like we have this background of knowledge and we bootstrapped our business. We, you know, sold the case and marketed with the, I don't know, that, that's really how it started, just delivering and seeing if this was something that could work. I think what we learned over the years that really evolved into a real business is what started as this idea, born on the out of the nostalgia we had for art and treats evolved into this brand that is a trade-up from what else is on the market, a trade-up from an Eggo waffles and a Pop-Tart, which is what <laughs> Americans grew up with, right? And really having the ability to be that household favorite that the consumer can enjoy every single morning. And that's when we started going into retail also very slowly. And uh, today we're in about 8,400 stores, which is still like crazy for me to think. Wow. In 2020, which is four years ago, we were a team of five people. Um, but uh, it's fun to be on the journey. Yeah, I'm sure. And so what have been some of the biggest challenges in getting the product out to the masses navigating the wild world of retail? Oh, some of the biggest challenges. I mean, there's been so many challenges, right? Like every day there's something else we uncover. Um, but I think it's like learning this whole industry and you make mistakes as you do, but uh, like how to go from growing to scaling, which is the stage we're at now. And, and I think that's something that we really underestimated. Every, everything that comes with scale, you're like, oh, I love the idea, you know, in the beginning, you're like, I love the idea of being in 8,500 stores. And then you get to the point of, like, do I have the infrastructure to fill orders for that kind of stores, that kind of amount of stores? Do I have enough capacity? Like all of these things that come into play and how to build that infrastructure is like ERP systems and all of that, that really takes time and that, I had no clue about what it was. And that was actually bringing in smart people into our team, 
that know how to scale, how to build, how to grow companies. And um, it's been really, really amazing to be surrounded by wonderful people in our team. And for us, a big challenge uh, in our business has been also to to launch this new category that we're working on at the retailer. So, you know, if you think about waffles and pancakes as an American, you think frozen breakfast, right? Now, when we pitched our first retailer, we show pancakes and, and, and waffles and they were like frozen breakfast and Greg and I were like, what the hell is frozen breakfast? <laughs> as a European, I had never heard of frozen breakfast. Like, why would you freeze? an item you eat every single day. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And think about it. When you wake up in the morning, what do you open? Your fridge or your freezer? Your fridge. Your fridge. <laughs> right? Like, why would you stock up on that item? It doesn't make sense. And so, buyers stole those frozen breakfast and we merchandised for a few years in frozen breakfast. They were happy with us. The growth was there, but in our gut, we knew that's not where it should be merchandised. In Europe, it's merchandised, refrigerated next to other breakfast foods like yogurt, eggs, milk, dairy, cream mm. cheese, like all these products are refrigerated. So why is there another category across the retailer with complementary item? Like, it doesn't make any sense. We got to, we got to fix that. And so we went with like, we want to be refrigerated. We're like, no, you're, you're performing great here in Frozen. But this idea never left our, 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 you know, what we knew was the potential. And, you know, from hearing so many no's for so many years, last year was actually a big breakthrough year for us because the CMA, the Category Management Association, published a case study about how Belgium Boys is breaking through and building a refrigerated breakfast category. And I really believe that if you look at the retailer in five years, you are going to see a category that has a bunch of items that is a breakfast destination. Now, this is all very, you know, fun and nice, but that's a challenge of its own. Building a category is hard. There are a lot of companies that did it building a category, but building a category in refrigerated with supply chain challenges and operational challenges and an item that has um, a very short shelf life has been, um, you know, <laughs> interesting. But uh, I'm very excited because every day it feels like we're just getting started with our business and it's those challenges that you know, we need always to find opportunities and solutions out of it and keeps us on us on our toes. Yeah. I'm glad Brandon asked about that because that is fascinating and creating a category. Congratulations for being all in all those stores and then for getting that case study and now leading the charge with that new section in our grocery stores. We hope to see it here in our local <laughs> HEB soon. Are you guys in HEB? Not yet, but... Hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll put in a good word. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Well, shifting gears a little bit, you mentioned your team and we also are you know, very interested as well in the investors and advisors, one of which from Camino Partners, Daniel Lubetsky, who's the founder of Kind. 
I actually connected with him in Austin at an event uh, several weeks ago, and that's how we got uh, connected with you, which is awesome. What, what's yeah. it been like working with his team and other investors that you may have in the space? Yes, I mean, Daniel is amazing, right? He's, if you think about CPG, he, he like, kind is the biggest success story in CPG. Mm-hmm. And the way that team built that company, uh, we have actually some ex-kind team members on our team. So oh, there's nice. a lot of, like, very solidified relationships there. And it's a, it's a small world, small industry, but it's been really such a, a pleasure and a, and a joy to have a strategic partner. I'm very grateful for that. A, a partner that has been there, that knows what it takes, that understand the challenges that you're talking about when you're talking about barriers to, to market entry, all of these things that are not purely only like financials and being able to lean on them, they've really stepped up. And when we needed them, like in, in challenging situations as well. So I, I feel very, very grateful to be able to have, you know, a role model on our cap table. Not, not everyone gets to say that and still yeah. surreal some days. Totally. And so you, you touched on it there, but are there any other or additional traits and qualities that you look for when trying to find the right investor partners? Yes. Um, interestingly enough, Greg and I had a rule. It's a stupid rule, but Greg <laughs> and I had a rule when we started raising uh, for our first fundraising. And our rule was like this. It's got to be people we can go out to dinner with two nights in a row and still want to go with for a third night. A third night. That's the rule. Honestly, that's the rule. And um, life's short and I love what I do. I want to enjoy the people I do it with. I don't need people. You know, when you have your phone, like just look at your phone, right? And sometimes people call you and you're like, I'll call them back later, right? (laughs) Like that's the mental test you have to do. If you are going to take money from someone, if you don't see yourself answering your, your, the call and saying, hi, how are you? Oh my God. Da, da, da. And like, and also seeing yourself being able to have tough conversations as well and getting uncomfortable comfortably, right? You know, it's not the right people. And that is a rule that Greg and I will not break because this is our life. And we want it to be enjoyable with good people that are aligned with our values, good humans. I w- we certainly agree. And yeah. that's great. I mean, not everybody can say they, they have that. And so it takes the discipline and, and sometimes maybe a, a stupid rule, but probably a smart rule in that, yes. in that framework. So that's, yeah. that's a great, great insight. Um, Anouk, we'd like to hear shifting gears towards the end of our interview here about the future. What, what is your vision for the next few years for Belgian boys? What gets you the most excited? Give us a glimpse, maybe the next few years. Yeah. Well, I, I touched a little bit about it, right? Like refrigerated breakfast. That's what I'm very excited about. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been doing this for a few years, but we have done nothing yet. I mean, our, our, Portfo- we, we have a hero portfolio of like three SKUs. That's, that's really our drivers to our business. And there's so much more to build on those with our existing partners and new partners. So I'm super excited to really see 
that vision for the refrigerated breakfast category develop further develop in the stores and also very exciting news we are launching two new items uh this week uh we're introducing them at expo west on march uh 14th uh in wow. anaheim so super excited and that's uh, our best seller our mini pancakes with chocolate chip real Oof. belgian chocolate chip None of that American chocolate. You know what I mean. <laughs> good quality chocolate in that pancakes. Oh my God, it's insanely decadent. It's so good. Like it's going to be a kid's favorite. I showed it to a buyer a couple of months ago and our buyer was like, Anouk, do you think this is going to outperform the bestseller? I was like, from your mouth to God's ears. Yes, you know. Um, and our second new product is our griddle pancakes. They are heaven. It's like a fluffy pillow in the shape of a pancake. Like, mm. I don't know how to describe it else. It's just so good. And I'm very excited to be introducing it um, to this industry next month and then to the consumer uh, on the retail shelf starting June. Amazing. Yeah, we're, we're excited to see that on shelves and appreciate you sharing. You heard it here first, breaking <laughs> yes. news. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, both of those and just everything with the Belgian boys sounds like an ideal breakfast for a parent to get their kids because obviously their kids are going to love it. But I think the parents also love yeah. it. Sneak in, you know, they, they sneak in that they're also loving it and eating it every day too. Before we let you go, though, would love to hear if you have any advice to our pilgrims, which is what we call the listeners of Venture Pill, that may be looking to start their own business? Yeah, I have a, a couple of advice. I think one is trust your gut. Trust your gut. A lot of time, you, you there's so much data and this and that, and you get lost. Like, what is your gut saying? Trust it. Your intuition, you're usually right. There are so many keys and, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so many, like, inputs from a person that's smart in this, smart in that, sometimes just trust your gut, right? Um, and second, surround yourself with smart people, like super smart people, people that are smarter than you and ask for help. I think in America, especially, that's something I learned is this our, I see with my team and with dynamics, asking for help is often looked as a weakness, right? And I believe that asking for help is your biggest strength if you know who to ask for help for. And that can give you a head start on the thing that you need to solve. Surround yourself, ask a lot of help, ask for advice, have people tear your idea and your product down so you can actually get better instead of being secretive about everything and saying people are going to copy me, right? No, share it with the world and ask them to give you feedback, ask them to give you how you can build on something, right? And be open to what they share. Great advice, yeah. I love that, and what a great way to wrap up our conversation with you, Anouk, it's been a pleasure. Uh, the Pilgrims will enjoy this one. Lastly, we wanna make sure they know how to follow you, connect with you if they're interested, and just keep up with what's going on with Belgian Boys. Feel free yes. to plug yourself and any social media that they should check out. 
For sure. Um, I am most active on LinkedIn. So follow me there. If you do want to help me grow my following on Instagram, follow me there too. I am not good on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe I can get a couple more. Um, but on LinkedIn, I really love LinkedIn. I'm active there and love building community. And you can find Belgium Boys at retailers near you, uh, at Walmart, Target, Costco, Publix, and many more retailers and super excited to hear from our consumers when they try our products. So shoot me a note. I always love to hear. Awesome. Well, we, we post clips on Instagram, so we'll see if we can yeah, boost, boost our presence there. <laughs> but um, that just about does it. So Anouk, thank you so much. You certainly sweetened up our day with mm. this interview and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. But first and foremost, just appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show for an interview this week uh, thank you so much for uh, having me this was such a fun conversation thanks for listening join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital and as always we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage see you next time She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low key, okie dokie. That's alright, but wait.